comic that it's all so tragic It's that humdrum novel, old black magic Let's have a laugh after we cry Let's hope we live before we die The silly clown's red nose is running And it's tragic that it's all so funny It's crucial and it doesn't matter Vows of love are idle chatter To feel this good has to be bad I'm so damn happy that it's sad Dear listener, would you like to slap me? And the sad thing is I'm so damn happy Hello and welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week to look back on our first league win of the season, Rhys Haldane. Rhys, how are you? I'm very well, thanks Matt. As you say, first league win of the season, so right our spirits. Good stuff. Heather Holloway's here. Heather, are you well? Yes, I'm really good, Matt. Thank you. It's always a great weekend after a win and um, I'm very excited about the next guest. So um, yeah, it's going to be a good podcast. I don't know if you know the next guest. He's making his pod debut. It's Alan Holloway. Alan, are you well? Um, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm well and I'm looking forward to my debut on Draw, Lose or Draw, which I've enjoyed listening to for so long. And um, so it's nice to take part. Excellent. Thanks for joining us. We had our, our first board meeting of the season on Saturday, so I've taken some constructive feedback from that. Uh, we're going to mix up the structure a little bit. So I'm going to ask you all what podcast you've been listening to apart from Draw, Lose or Draw uh, in the recent weeks. Alan, I'll start with you. Have you been listening to anything good? That's a very bad start. And the only podcast I ever listened to is Draw, Lose or Draw. In fact, I've, I've, I've got a standing rule. I listen to podcasts only if they finish with a full playing of Focus um, and, and, and Sylvia, which I really enjoy. So that's maybe it's my I listen to podcasts, I'm afraid. Excellent. I, I'm glad we didn't swap Focus out for Loud and Rainwright. I'm glad it was Laddie always swapped out for that. Uh, focus can stay. Heather, you've been listening to anything? I love listening to Open Goal. So I love listening to Science Slaney and uh, they're really great personalities. Maybe not so much what happened last year with uh, Broomhill, but more of the like head tennis stuff. Quite enjoy that. And then as a Lord of the Rings fan, I love listening to The Friendship Onion, which is a podcast with... Billy Boyd and Dom Monahue, which, um, where they interview a range of people, including some of their co-stars from Lord of the Rings. And um, yeah, it's really good. Rhys, you been listening to anything? Well, keeping on the, the sort of football spectrum, I, I like to listen to the terrace. Obviously, I'm sure a few of you guys listen to that as well. I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but I like their coverage, the sort of the specifically the lower leagues. I, I like MD that has the time of day to talk about any of the lower league football. So I enjoy that. Aside from football, I, I quite like true crime. So um, from time to time, I listen to I Could Murder a Podcast. I don't know if any of you guys have heard of that. And then when I'm in the gym, sometimes I'll like, so, do you ever go through spells where you're just sick of music and you're sick of listening to music? So I'll stick on like daft podcasts, like even like Jack Mates Happy Hour or The Fellas podcast, which are just generally brain dead podcast but they're, they're funny sometimes so I just stick them on when I'm doing a bit of cardio or whatever in the gym but uh, apart from that it's draw lose or draw I, I hope we all listen to draw lose or draw keep the the numbers up yeah Reese the Terrace is really good if, if you haven't listened to the anyone if they haven't listened to the, the lower league season preview which was six hours long uh, I would maybe book out six hours across a, a week or two and, and get that in your ears uh, that's really good Golf-wise, I know we've got some golf fans in our listenership, maybe one or two in the call as well. 
Uh, Nolly and Up have done some really good Ryder Cup previews. Ryder Cup's coming up in about a month and they've been previewing who's going to get picked for that. So that'd be my shout outs. We will move on then to talk about the starting 11 slightly later than normal, but with some changes, David Mitchell missing out through injury, Waziri Williams was missing from the squad, Jamie Snedden came in, uh, Lewis Nielsen came in at the back, and then there was a, a tactical change in midfield with Ben Stanway coming in for Ben Williamson. Heather, were you happy with that start 11 when you saw it on, on Saturday and also Scott Robinson making the squad as well? Yeah, I think it's always exciting to see a full squad able to choose from. And also the fact that obviously we'd heard so much about Scott Robinson and he was an exciting signing in summer and to to, to know that he was available um, after a few weeks of, you know, is he going to be in the squad? Is he ever going to play for Thistle? So that was really good. I think Ben Stanway definitely deserved to start and I was really, really happy to see that Dylan went with him. Obviously, a shame that Mitchell is in. You never want a player to be injured, but, I, you know, a, a few of us have felt that there's been a few times where Jamie Seiden potentially has deserved um, a chance back in the squad and you could tell that he was, you know, really buzzing to be there. And I think a lot of us had predicted that Nielsen would be coming in for Wasiri um, after the last few performances. I think that he was everything that we'd hoped for. Really, you know, he was strong, commanding, really good at passing the ball and um, and switching the play, which was great. So I was really happy of the starting 11 and just and went in with a lot more confidence than maybe I, ha- I would have a few weeks ago. Alan, do you agree with that? More confidence when you saw the team on Saturday? Yes, I, I was pleased um, with the team in general. I'm a great fan of James Lyon, and so any lineup that doesn't include James Lyon is not perfect for me. Um, but yes, I, I was happy to see Ben Stanway. I think until now there's been a rule that if there was a senior player there, they would play, and the younger players wouldn't play. And I was very pleased to see that, um, that um, Stanway was picked before Williamson, who I felt has slightly gone off the boil after his great start against Dundee United. Jamie Seddon, I've always liked. Perhaps there's no logic to that greatly, but uh, I, I've always enjoyed seeing him play. And I think because he's like Chris Erskine, he's a sort of modest sort of person, quiet, quiet and um, sub-facing. I quite like him. So I was pleased to see him playing. And um, I think Nielsen was inevitable that he would come in. I likewise, as a personality, as a character, and I hope he's a great success. And I really do hope that he's not put off or, or, or feels he's been, he's been rejected, but that his his time will come again. I'm hoping that's not not the end for him or the, um, the start for downward slide. Um, but we'll wait and see on that. But yeah, I was happy with the lineup and pleased that there were some changes made. Yeah, I agree. I think there did need to be changes made and we've spoken about the midfield. I think that was maybe the key one with Stanway coming in. I think Stanway coming in meant that Doolan could persevere with a, the 4-2-3-1. It freed up McEnroy as well. It freed up the fullbacks. I thought that was probably the best performance we've had from the fullbacks and that was probably down to Stanway and Bannigan providing a bit more stability and goals. As you say, Heather, as well, it's never nice to see players injured. Uh, obviously, we wish David Mitchell all the best, but for me, I think Snedden deserves a run in the team now. He was unlucky to lose his place last year. He didn't lose his place because he was he was bad. He lost his place because he got a small injury, which David Mitchell capitalised on. But I think the players that came in have really sort of put a, put a claim down to, to get a run in the team now. Recent terms of the performance, where does that rank in terms of performances this season? And do you think we were worthy of the, the 3-1-1? Absolutely. Uh, I think we definitely were, were value for the, the three points. And and like you say, the, the three guys that came in, they're arguably 
obviously Ken McEnroy aside, the three guys that came in were arguably the, the best players on the day. Sneddon was was very commanding. There was a lot of balls in the box near the end that it was coming and claiming, and we don't see that all too often. So great to see that. Obviously Nielsen, um, it's hard to come in again when you've been brought on for the last twenty minutes and so. So to get a start and to to perform so well, just didn't come out of first gears and hopefully he can be like a, a Lewis Mayo for us this season and obviously Ben Stanway like I obviously sat out the pod last week and I think it was Heather that mentioned she'd like to see Ben Stanway get a start again and and I, I definitely agreed with that and and I was pleased to see him start and I thought it was absolutely brilliant again the two best games we've had this season probably be Tannadice and the weekend there and I think that Ben Stanway was instrumental in both of those games um, obviously it's, it's tough to replace a, a guy of of Doc's standards and the type of role that he plays. Uh, but I think that Ben Stanley's sort of moulding himself into that role. Um, he does all the all the dirty work and all. He plays like a player well beyond his years. So I'm, I'm really taking a fancy to the way that Ben Stanley plays and I hope that he can can carry on with that. Um, and, and, and obviously, I think this, I don't think that Williamson necessarily deserves to be dropped as such. But why not just play our own players uh, if if they're equally as good and they can they can come in and and have a different role to play? So I think it was I was happy to see um, Ben Stanley doing well and I seen a bit of talk on Twitter from you know how you get those uh, young Scotland national team pages. It's just obviously like a fan page and it will just talk about young guys that are performing well in the leagues. I seen they picked up on Stanway and it's always good to see that. Obviously Xander McKenzie getting his 19s call up. I wouldn't be too surprised if, if things keep going the way they are for Stanway if he's in and around one of those age group squads. So yeah, long may it continue. In terms of the overall performance, Stephen Loss was an absolute joke. He was when, he, when Stephen Loss is on his game, he's absolute caviar. There's no one that can live with him. His, his close ball control, he just floats past players. And, and that was evident. He obviously picked up three assists on the day. Brian Graham was firing. It just looked like we were right up for it. Um, I don't think Dylan's necessarily the, play, the type of manager that's going to give the, the squad a, a rock up their ass. But I think that, obviously, something's been said. Because performances against Airdrie and Hearts, they, they were nowhere near good enough. But I think we started on the front foot on Saturday and it's just uh, felt like we had a lot of chances early before we even took the goal. I mean, McEnroy's had, before he even got his first two goals for us at the weekend, he'd had umpteen chances. It could be on about six or seven already this season. Um, and what a find he looks like. So yeah, all round brilliant, uh, brilliant performance. I think everyone played pretty well and I can just hope we can build on that now. So it's, it's been an itchy pitchy start in the league. Obviously, one win, one draw, one loss, but hopefully we're starting to find our feet and we can we can take things on to Capital. Absolutely. Heather, was that the, the best performance of the season so far for you? Definitely. I mean, I missed Dundee United, which I know was a really good result for, for a lot of people, but still maybe not quite the squad that we had yesterday. But I think last week we talked about the fact that Jack McMillan and uh, Lawless hadn't maybe quite been linking up in the same way as they had. We maybe I know we're not really a critical podcast, but we had maybe talked about Muirhead and the fact that he was struggling in there a little bit and that Brian Graham wasn't getting the service. And I think you could tick off that all, all those three things happened on Saturday. The, the fact that we had, you watched the highlights or um, Yoon Waddle's experience pitch side and you see the way that Lawless and McMillan just tear defences apart and I thought that Muirhead was was there for everything and especially in the second half when they were kind of chucking some balls in quite a little bit later on Muirhead got his head on absolutely everything and it's really really imperative that he's he's part of that and then finally 
like you know Graham got his goal and that the service from Wallace was was fantastic and I think that it was really good but something I really want to highlight is I don't know if you guys noticed it um, on Saturday but the way that Ian Fitzpatrick was running back and winning balls back for the team was absolutely sensational like he just got his body in the way and just you know made it was almost a little bit like McGinn like the way that he would like just get like his you know backside and just absolutely to um, like destroy players I just loved it and I do think that is the difference in, in Fitzpatrick over the last few years you know we spoke about when he was a bit younger here you know he had all the skills but maybe not the physicality and I just think he's just becoming more and more a complete player I guess we don't almost don't want to talk about him too much because we don't want other people to hear and you know steal him but I really thought that was a, a really great performance from him all around and just um, I think, you know, I know a lot of people talk about the fact that the meltdown about the last two performances was maybe a little bit too much, but I don't think we had a meltdown on here. I think we were just, um, we just un- thought this isn't good enough, but we can clearly see what Doolin's um, game plan was on Saturday. And even when Queen's Park had quite a lot of possession at the start of that second half, the fact that we managed to go and score after all that pressure was, you know, was very unthistle and very enjoyable. I'm glad you shouted out Fitzpatrick's work ethic, Heather. I think sometimes he does get tarnished quite unfairly with the sort of lazy accusations, which I think we've spoken about last season. I don't agree with at all. It's obviously not the strength of his game, but I don't think the second goal, I think, away at Airdrie, he didn't look great because he doesn't block the cross from the right back. But I think generally he does always put a shift in. You see him cramp up at the end of the game sometimes. And that, that's also the, the second John McGinn comparison we've had this season. I think Kerr McEnroy was compared a couple of weeks ago. So hopefully by the end of the season, we'll have a, a full team compared to John McGinn. That would be good. Alan, who stood out for you on, on Saturday? And what do you think the key was to the improved performance? Yes, I'll come back first of all on the point about Fitzy. Um, I'm on the We Are Thistle forum, um, which tends to be a bit negative in terms of um, of games where we lose. But even even when we, we win, people seem to be, be quite critical. Uh, people were not happy with, with Fitzpatrick's covering back and said you should learn from Lawless and the work that he does. And I was thinking, was that the game that I, I saw? Because... Um, I can recall at least one occasion right back on, on the goal line that he came back and won the ball and, and held it at the corner flag and then made a clearance. And so I thought he'd really improved his play in that way. So he, he, he should be encouraged. Also enjoyed the fact that Jimmy Snedden came out with a few Superman dives and grabbed the ball in a spectacular fashion. Well, that, was, that, was, that was really encouraging and gave the defence confidence. Also, um, one bit of player I think deserved mention was a very long throw by Snedden to set Fitzpatrick away at one point where, where we almost scored. That was really good because often Jamie's um, distribution has been a bit slow and it was great to see him doing a very quick throw out and starting an attack. You talked about Adam Muirhead, who I think has had two poor games in a row. The Airdrie winner and, of course, the, the third goal against Hearts. Um, he was very much um, fingered for blame for both of these. Um, and I thought he really came back into it very well indeed. Um, a lot of awkward balls across he got his head out to or got a foot to or, or, or blocked off. Uh, I think possibly the fact he wasn't trying to nurse Waziri to the game helped him a lot. Lewis Nielsen, I like the way he stepped forward sometimes and that sadly for Waz he often turns back when the space in front of him now I'm, I'm always you know shouting drive forward drive forward but the bit of play that you know, was the best though was the Finn Russell touch find in the corner 
before the um, third goal. Won a line out, their parent kick was charged down, and lo and behold, we scored a goal. So it's good to see us taking tactics from other sports and applying them into into football. I think all the other points have been covered by various people already, but just in closing, the thing I like most about it was we didn't play that well, and that means there's still room for improvement. I think talked about before the third goal, we had sat back and were not playing too well, and yet we scored. And we beat the team top of the league fairly comfortably, and yet I think we could all say we can definitely improve. And guys like Robinson um, come in and start firing. Adeloy helps Graham out with some more goals too. There's lots of potential there. So, yeah, the only way is up. Fingers crossed. I, th- I totally agree with Yalm about, about Muirhead and Nielsen. I thought they looked like a confident back to. I think you, we all know what we're going to get with Muirhead at this point. He had some poor passes in the first half. His distribution is not his strength, but defensively he did everything you could ask for. He made some really good headers in the second half. And yeah, he looked more assured, maybe with somebody like Nielsen, who was more confident next to him. Snedden's been covered as well, coming for crosses. That takes a lot of pressure off the back four as well. So I think it, it looked a lot more confident, it looked a lot more settled in the back line. But Reese, I'm going to ask you maybe the most important question of the week. We spoke about Ben Williamson and his his display of his tattoos. What do we make of Lewis Nielsen's um, pulling the shorts up for most of the second half? Are we, are we having that look from a centre-back? Um, if you play as well as that, you can do what you like. It's different when you're struggling to beat Spartans, but if you if you beat Queen's Park and in a, in a wee Glasgow derby and you, you play that commanding, then that's fine. But I just think maybe he needs bigger shorts. The guy's an absolute unit, so I will let him off with it this time. Alexis Sanchez. <laughs> Heather, do you want to come in? Yeah, I just want to check that we have we talked about Kerr McEnroy and just about how well he played because I actually wasn't sure if we covered him and I just thought he was obviously the, the goals were fantastic, but also I want to assure the draw loser draw listeners that we've talked to Jamie about the way that we pronounce his name and had an agreement. <laughs> oh, Jamie was well briefed on Saturday night. He was in good form. <laughs> but yeah, Kerr McEnroy was excellent. Uh, a worthy man of the match. Yeah, I agree with you, Alan. I don't think it was a perfect performance. I think there was spells in the game, especially at the start of the second half where Queen's Park looked like they were going to equalise. And Heather, you said it was very unthistly of to, to score against the run of play. And it, it basically came from a, a Queen's Park mistake with a right back. I was having a look at, at teams we fielded uh, around the sort of Gary Cole early, Ian McCauley era. We fielded a team for a home game against Queen of the South with Leo Connor and Tommy Robson as our fullbacks. And that on Saturday from Queen's Park was the, the worst performances I've seen from fullbacks since then. The two fullbacks for Queen's Park I thought were shocking. Um, I know there were a couple of sort of younger players, but one of them got subbed off at half time. Um, the right back, McPherson, he was at fault for the third goal. I actually really enjoyed Queen's Park's goalkeeper. I think he deserves a shout out. Some of, the, some of his distribution was excellent. He played the same ball about 12 times out to the left back and hit everyone absolutely perfectly. I think he's got a, a big future in the game. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get, get capped for Scotland in the, in the not too not too distant future. But just come back to Thistle, I think not a perfect performance. As I say, times where we looked a little bit open in midfield. But I think that's just players building up relationships. McEnroy, Bannigan and Stanway, that's the first time they've played as a midfield three together. But Stanway did add some extra bite. Bannigan was a sort of, it was a little bit quieter, but he was his usual sort of energetic, busy self. He was covering in at left back quite a lot when Milne was bombing forward. And I think that extra solidity in the midfield really did free up Milne and McMillan. McEnroy had deserved man of the match, but if it wasn't for his two goals, I think Harry Milne was in with a, a shot of that game. At the first half especially, I thought he was brilliant. And Brian Graham as well. 
full of energy. You could never accuse him of being lazy. He was back filling in for Jack McMillan at right back in the first half. He deserved his goal. He had a terrific game as well. So, yeah, lots to build on. Lots of positive individual performances and improved team performance. So we look forward to Capo. Does anyone have anything else they want to mention on, on Saturday's game before we move on? I think maybe a mention for the programme. Go for it, yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was um, obvious. I just thought it was absolutely fantastic. I've seen that, Matt, your, um, that your wall has been um, discussed on, on Twitter. And I think Stuart Goldie, one of um, the Jazz Foundation board members, was saying just how hard he was finding some of the connections, etc. So well done to you for that. Um, but just in general, I just thought um, it has really added to the match experience, I feel. And for £3, it really is worth um, absolutely everything that's there. And um, obviously, I'm really excited for um, what we're going to be announcing over the next few while with our game too. But really great to see like the DSA in there and also just, you know, having that connection between us and, and the board. I think that's really important. And I just think that, you know, Tom's doing a great job in um, anyone who can should continue to support that by either buying it or getting involved. I think it's been really lovely to see, you know, different voices and um, and but also kind of coming together of this so um, in a in a different way, not just online but also on paper. Absolutely, yep. Congratulations to Tom because he's doing a a really good job and he deserves all the all the praise for another excellent addition. Can I point out that um, the three pounds the program was paid by me, um, <laughs> so it was probably a very good value indeed for you. Dad, you've absolutely sold me here because Matt got me one as well. <laughs> I got a pint for it though, Alan. So I hope you did as well. <laughs> Dad, you're going to get a lift to Morton on Saturday, so that can be your payment. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll, we'll go with that. I was at. Peters Hill yesterday to watch the the Thistle women's team. Uh, another emphatic victory for them. They've started the season on fire. Um, I thought Emma Lawton was brilliant. She's man of the match. You're about to hear a little chat that Vinny did with her after the game yesterday. Cara Henderson, I saw there was an interaction on Twitter that Vinny asked who's going to score more goals between Brian Graham and Cara Henderson. And, and Graham said there's a, a small bet for a packet of sweets on the line. I would go Henderson because her penalty taking is exceptional. I think she's taken four already this season and the the goalies haven't sniffed any of them. Um, she's very clinical from the spot. It was a, an all-round, another really good team performance from Thistle. So here's Vinny Ferguson post-match yesterday, and he has been joined by Emma Lawton. Hi, it's Vinny here. It's sunny at Peters Hill again. This is uh, becoming a bit of a pattern. But what also is a pattern is uh, Thistle winning. That's three out of four wins so far this season, uh, with the only blemish being the defeat to Glasgow City last week. I am delighted to be joined on Draw Loser Draw by Partick Thistle number three, Emma Lawton. Emma, welcome to Partick Thistle. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. You've been in for a few weeks. Uh, how's it been? Oh, it's been really good. I've enjoyed it. Um, coaching's been great. Girls are been really welcoming, so I'm just really enjoying being back. And you've got off to a flyer. It was a player of the match performance today, which was, I, th- I thought was uh, an excellent choice by today's match sponsor. But it's been some time coming. You, you must feel quite at home. You've, your performance has been excellent so far this season. Yeah, I feel I've really settled in um, really quickly. And the, I think the girls have helped with that. They've allowed me to kind of express myself and Brian as well, having confidence. So it's allowed me just to give the best version of myself. Uh, and a goal midweek against Aki's, uh, good feeling? Yes, it was a good feeling, especially with my left foot, so it was uh, <laughs> it was good to get that goal. 
And it's good. I mean, anyone who's, who's seen you play uh, won't be that surprised that you were on the score sheet and then very close to it again today. You like to get up the pitch, eh? Yeah, I do. I like getting forward. I'm just, I just like to help in that attacking role, but I'm also happy to do my defensive duties. But yeah, I just love getting forward and helping the team. How does it feel when... Like obviously this this summer the team's really really strengthened. You you've been brought in, but there was already a really good core. You know, look, looking at sort of more wing back positions with Rosie and, and Doc being in there. What's it like having that pressure? Do you rise to it or do you all pals? Like how, how does all that work? No, out? it is. It's it's actually good. It helps you perform because you know that's there's people there waiting to get um that that shirt if you don't perform well so it adds that little bit like you're saying pressure but it's a good pressure and we all support each other in that dressing room everybody's happy and everybody's a team so even if you're not the one starting you're ready and you're just there to perform oh that's brilliant brilliant to hear and uh, yeah i think you're absolutely right you're, you're ready because um yeah a couple of injuries uh, picked up today like megan going off and, and, and stuff but people came off the bench and, and they performed i think that's uh, the real strength for thistle this year that uh, people are, are, are ready to take on those those responsibilities, which is brilliant. Yeah. Um, I would like to point out, I, I think you've got a case for being the most filled player <laughs> in the league. It seems that every game you get absolutely clattered. Yeah, I don't know if I just annoy people because I'm constantly running or something, but yeah, I always <laughs> seem to get a kick. But yeah, I, just, I actually enjoy it, to be fair. It makes me, it actually helps me raise my game, to be honest. So it's just part and parcel of it. Adrenaline junkie? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so yeah, I mean, you've you've, you've come to Thistlewater. You know, Brian talks at length about the sort of aspirations of the club being the, obviously top six, but also pushing on e- even further. For you, have you got any personal goals for this season? Uh, personally, I just want to get back playing on a regular basis. Like last season, it was challenging for me, but this season, my aim is just to play as many minutes as I can and do the best I can for the team. Yeah, brilliant. And then uh, th- thinking specifically about today, uh, what do you think worked really well for you? Because um, there was a brilliant reception from the crowd when you were announced as player of the match, so lots of people agreed. How would, how would you how do you feel about your performance today? Yeah, I thought I did good. I thought there was points that I could have, my decision making could have been better, but mm-hmm. overall I just worked hard and that's what I do every week and that's just yeah, me. Certainly hard work. Even in the last few minutes, you could see everyone was getting a bit tired, but then you made another lung bust and yeah. run up the wing. It was just yeah. brilliant, so well done, Emma. Um, and obviously o- overall today, you know, five goals, you can't really complain about it, but could have been more, eh? Yeah, no, definitely, like Brian said at the end, they were delighted to get the three points and five goals, but it could have been more, so it's just wee bits that we can work on going into different games that we can hopefully increase that score. Brilliant, brilliant. And how old are you, Emma? Hey, I'm 22. 22, so yeah. plenty of years yes, left. Yes, plenty to go. So five years' time, what would you like to do? Hopefully still be playing, um, just playing at the highest level I can and just see where I can I can go with it. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, listen, Emma, thank you very much for joining us on Draw, Lose or Draw and uh, yeah, terrific performance today. But like I said, it's been coming for some weeks. Yeah. So thank you very much. Brilliant, thank you. We'll now look ahead to a trip to Capelo. I think we all do enjoy a trip to Capelo. I know it's a, it's a mixed away day in terms of how much folk enjoy it. But um, Alan... In terms of the game itself, are you expecting an unchanged starting eleven on the back of a, a good win on Saturday? I think that has to be the case, really. Um, I can't see any obvious changes. Robinson, I thought, played very well and looked as though he could make a good contribution, but I think he may have to wait until someone has a poor game or um, perhaps for the Queen of the South um, um, Cup tie. So I can't see any obvious reason to change anybody at all. And in terms of the actual away day itself, Alan, we've we've probably all spoken about Capolo in the past. Is that a ground you enjoy visiting? 
Yes, Asha, I always do I enjoy that. Uh, I used to actually live in, in Guruk for a, a year or so before Heather had ever thought of. Um, and um, and so I have a certain um, knowledge and affinity for Inverclyde. I always feel as though you, when you pass a port glass around the you step back 30 years in time. And um, the, the same applies to, to Capolo as a as a stadium. Um, horrible toilets, um, nasty sort of um, um, stairs on the way up. Um, um, bits of paper that are sort of put out over the, the seats. Um, do you stand on them? Do you sit on them? What do you do? Um, um, do you want to be outside in the rain if it pours the rain? Or do you want to be in that awful crushed up stand where you have no room at all for manoeuvre? Um, but having said that, on a nice day, great views over the Clyde, and even if you're playing badly, you can just look out and just enjoy the the the, the panorama. So yeah, it's a it's a different sort of day, uh, a step back in time. But yes, I always enjoy it. Good stuff. Reese, just come back to the starting eleven. Are you expecting a, an unchanged team as well? Yeah, I think it's got to be. Don't see any changes being made after the off the back of that performance. Um, in terms of uh, the game, uh, it's one I'm really looking forward to as well. Um, I just think as as Jags fans, we, we really enjoy our, our trip to Morton. We, we don't always have the greatest of results there, but it's just it's it's always one that you get a wee buzz for. Um, it's just one of those grounds. It's an absolute dump. I don't think any of us particularly like Morton, but it's just old school. Um, and it just feels like football should be played there. Um, so I do always enjoy going there. Um, in terms of what I'm expecting from the game, I think it's, it's this part of the season. So a, a lot of the my view going into the Queens Park game is obviously Queens Park had a a mixed bag affair in the in the League Cup, but they started the league on fire. But I wasn't sure if that was a case of have they really been good or have they played poor opposition? Um, and I think obviously they played Arbroath twice and they'd won twice, and Arbroath looked. Um, looked to have a really poor start to the season. They'd, a lot of people had even marked them for relegation. But they went to Morton at the weekend and they went to Capital at the weekend and turned them over 3-0. So that's gave me a bit a bit more confidence going into going to Capital and I think we can catch them at a, a good time. But as I say, at this point in the season, I think it's always hard to gauge how a game is going to be. I think you need to get the first round of fixtures out of the way in terms of playing each, each team once before you can actually sort of have any sort of gauge of how the league's going to pan out. But I think at this point, you take it game by game, and I think we're going in with a bit of confidence off the back of that Queen's Park game. Obviously, they played a game more than us, Queen's Park, but they're the top of the league, and we sort of, it was one of the games we turned up, and we just looked like we were going to win from, from minute minute one. So I think we can carry that into Capolo, and yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, and it'll really put us in a, a steady footing if we go there and, and pick up three points. So hopefully we can turn up, and the, the same team can carry out a, a similar performance to be seen on Saturday. Heather, do you share Reese's optimism and do you want to kick us off with a prediction as well? I think it's always tricky. I mean, I was on that podcast last week, the Scottish Football Forums um, podcast, which they did a special in the championship. And I was on with a really lovely Morton fan. Yes, they do exist. And he was saying he predicted like, Last, like last week he was like we won't win against our bro we, we always struggle against them and he's like even if every other team beat them we we won't and he, I mean he got it absolutely spot on I do think that they always up their level against us I think because their fans expect it I think also you know certain people in the team don't really like Thistle and 
obviously there's no love lost between us and Dougie Emery. I do think that they potentially will also want to come out and prove the fact that, you know, they're much better than a, than a loss to our both. We have had a, obviously a mixed bag at Capital for the over um, recent times, but I think we take a lot of confidence into these games. And yes, we've had a few setbacks at the start of this season, but we have to remember, like, you know, what a Chris Doolin side was doing to teams when we were away from home just, you know, in May and June. Yes, it's a different team in so many respects, but, you know, I think you have to go in with confidence and you don't want to start a game or start a season just constantly thinking, how are we going to do this or are we going to win today? You know, you want to go in with with a bit of optimism and I I, I do feel like going to Morton is going to be a bit of a sm- uh, smash and grab, but I would like to see maybe, as my dad said, like a better performance all around in the sense of maybe see some of those improvements being made. But prediction-wise, I, I, I must be bottom now because I predicted a draw on Saturday, so I'm really struggling. I will go with a 2-1 win for Thistle, and I think Sneddon will Sneddon will be in, I, and I don't see I don't see any changes, and I really hope that Ben Stanley keeps his place because I think he really deserved it. I also think you know the fact that he was on a yellow card for such a long time in that game, and there was one point I thought he was going to dive in, and he decided not to, and just like applied pressure without losing his head or making the referee make a decision um so yeah same starting team 2-1 win and going into it with a little bit more confidence before I bring anyone else in I'll, I'll just echo that I was going to go 2-1 as well and I completely agree here that I don't see any changes to the team I don't think we're quite there yet we're, we're, we're going to record a clean sheet away from home I hope we will because Muirhead and Nielsen were impressive so it's Sneddon but I think Morton is the sort of ethically a tough place to go. But I, I do think we'll ride the, the sort of confidence wave from Saturday. I'll go to one as well. Alan, do you want to give us a score prediction? I was very sure it was going to be 2-1 for Thistle. And you, you <laughs> both, I'm still in my, my thunder there. Um, I am a total optimist. And I don't think I've ever, Heather can correct me if I'm wrong, I've ever predicted a Thistle draw or loss, um, so I have to be consistent and um, to go with a, a win for Thistle of some sort. Um, I think my concern is we get dragged into a sort of um, a battling type game where Graham is fighting the other defence and not playing as well as he can. I mean, that finish on Saturday was absolutely superb, took the ball down, sorted at home. And that's what I want to see from Brian Graham. I don't want to see him constantly jumping and shouting and moaning and groaning. And then the whole style of play being dictated by that. Um, we have to find a, a fluid way of playing on a rather cramped pitch. I want to see the hunger from people like um, Ben Stanway. I think he will snap into tackles and get stuck in there. Hopefully he won't be booked early and can carry on through the whole game. Um, so we have to mix that aggression and competitiveness also with our extra bit of skill that should give us the edge over, over Morton. So I'm just hoping we find a way. But I think with Millen, Lawless and, and Milne um, and Fitzpatrick, we should be able to, to do that. Um, I'm just actually remembering... Um, my favourite um, memory of Capolo was a game we played very poorly in the first half. And during a half-time break, um, someone threw a pie onto the pitch and a seagull came in to try and grab it. And another seagull came in and they were all battling away. One of the fans said to the players they went off the pitch, that's what I call hunger. And so hopefully we'll see some hunger um, on, on Saturday. Excellent stuff. Uh, a prediction from Yuris? Um. Uh, I think Thistle will win. Um, 
you know, it's Morton's home game. The crowd will be up for it. We'll be up for it. But being their home game, I think they'll have to attack a bit more and, and come out and sort of try and rectify the, the Arbroath wrong. So I can see them getting on the score sheet. But I do think that, as I say, we'll carry on from how we played against uh, Queen's Park with a bit of confidence. And I think McMillan Law also link up well. Just hopefully we can get like McEnroy into the game and, and if Brian Graham's firing, you know what he's like, he's very streaky. We've said all along, if he gets a goal, he usually follows it up with two or three in, in the games to come. So, yeah, I'm going to say 3-1 Thistle. Hello, David here giving this prediction. As the others have mentioned, I think it's going to be a bit of a tight game. Obviously, a very cramped pitch. You know, Morton are always up for it. They always raise their game. Fans are always being for blood when we go to Capo. Always a tough game. But we've got a bit of confidence Morton struggled against Arbroath and against QP. I think I'm going to go 2-1 Thistle on this. I think we'll win. Uh, I'm looking forward to a good day out. Excellent. Full House of Victories on here. We'll post the full predictions on, on Twitter and Instagram later on in the week. I just wanted to mention a couple of things before we finish up. Um, I've been trying all week to think of a good analogy of Kerr McEnroy and Ben Stanway getting booked in the game in a midfield three with Stuart Barrigan who didn't. But I can't think of anything that is doesn't sound like Stuart Bannigan as a, as a very old man who can't blow out birthday candles and the other two have done it for him. Um, so if anyone can think of an analogy for that, please get in touch. Uh, I also want to give Chris Doolin a bit uh, Meatloaf of cooking. Sorry. There you go. There you go. Uh, Thank you, Alan. Meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to give Chris Doolin a bit of praise because we basically praised every player, I think, and we didn't praise Chris Doolin. And we have been a little bit critical of his subs in recent weeks, and we should have done this earlier, but I thought bringing Kieran and Gwenny on for Aidan Fitzpatrick was quite an astute play. I don't think Gwenry was outstanding, but he sort of tightened us up down the flank. Chris Dillon got the, the subs basically spot on. It was good to see Robin, Robinson get some minutes. Xander McKenzie as well. Congratulations to him on his under-19 call-up to the Scotland squad. And that actually brings me to a listener question before we move on to Partridge Thistle, which I'll, I'll come to you on, Reese. It's from EP, and he said, given that we've now seen Xander McKenzie play at right back and centre midfield and attacking midfield and on the wing, where do you think his, his long-term future is? And do you think it's a good thing he's, he's so versatile, or do you think that might hold him back? No, I definitely think it's a it's a good thing. Um, a good thing for Partick Thistle, at least, because do always kind of need a player like that. Um, and I think it's, it's helped him a bit, because we're pretty strong in the, the centre midfield in terms of bodies, so it's allowed him to obviously get that run covering Jack McMillan um, in the Brett Fred Cup and he excelled obviously so to see him I, I remember being at a friendly um, last season uh, against Motherwell and, and Xander McKenzie came on at left back and he was bombing forward and obviously he's, he's not left footed but he was brilliant there I remember seeing him a couple of years ago now um, we played a friendly away at East Cobride um, and then the the Rangers game at Furhill um, and I remember Xander McKenzie I think he just turned 15 at the time and he was playing sort of centre mid, almost a deeper role, and I thought he was excellent then at that age, but I think his future, it's one of those ones, I think his future lies a bit further forward, um, whenever he comes on, I don't think he's necessarily a winger, and I don't think he's a number 10 either, I think he's a he's a bit of a box-to-box player, but with making the, the late runs into the box, and I'm not saying it's a comparison at all, but a, a bit of a Shea Gordon type who will make those late runs into the box, Um so yeah, I think he's he's a bit of a he's a bit of a playmaker, um, but I do think he's 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 central. I don't think he's a I don't think he's a winger as such. So I think um, the the, the Shea Gordon, the Kyle Turner role is is where we should be 
be looking to see is Andrew McKenzie in, in years to come. But yeah, fingers crossed he goes and, and, and gets a good a good run out with the Scotland team and he can build on that. So yeah, it's, it's always good to see one of the one of the Thistle boys getting minutes for for Thistle and for the the Scotland national team, of course. So yeah, happy days. Absolutely. Hopefully we can compare him to John McGinn at some point this season as well. Uh, one last thing, very last thing. Um, Blair Olsen, who does get a little bit of stick, he is going to get praised this week. And I know he didn't actually play, but he scored one of the best goals I've ever seen in the warm-up. He hit a ball from about 25 yards, like a knuckleball right into the top corner. So if Blair Olsen leaves and does nothing on a, th- on a thistle shot, we will always have that goal in the warm-up against Queen's Park. We will finish with Partridge Thistle. Now this week, I was chatting to Neil at the, the women's game yesterday and he asked, do we have any ideas for creative nicknames for players beyond the sort of usual Banzo, Fitzy uh, efforts? So Heather, I know you might need to jump off in a minute, so I'll start with you on this one. Can you think of any creative nicknames for, for players, past or present? I'll open it up. If it's past, I'll totally steal, steal um, Alan's thunder here. Uh, one that my that, that Alan uh, tried to make stick for quite a while but never did, Chris Erskine. My dad would call him The Bridge. Um, which I which I thought was I mean I thought was absolutely terrible it's such a, a classic dad joke but um, yeah that was one that I don't think really ever caught on but it's one that's always in my memory for 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 uh, for me. Alan, I hope you've got a better one than that. I hope so. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I took note that Alston is the highest village in England, and so I thought we could call him Summit. But um, there we are. We like um, He's a big guy. Well, well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, um, um, A.A. Milne wrote Winning the Pooh. So, Harry Milne, Winning the Pooh, could be a, another possibility. And my third one was um, Ben Stanway, Adam Ant, Stanway and Deliver. I'll declare my name closed at that point. <laughs> I liked your first two. Uh, Reese, have you got anything here this week? Or are you pulling the hamstring again? Um, I'm absolutely out my depth here um, after <laughs> after the shouts from Alan there. But, um, if, if I know my audience and I know you, Matt, um, I think David Mitchell should be Mark Corrigan. If you know, you know. 100%. I'm really disappointed he's not turned around at the end of the game and just asked if, if that was too hard. Surely that was too hard. Anyway, we'll, we'll leave it there this week. We will be back next week. We've got a couple of episodes next week. We've got a special episode on Monday and then we'll be back next Thursday with the usual looking back on the Morton game and previewing Queen of the South. In the meantime, make sure you're following us across social media. Make sure you buy a season ticket and make sure you pick up a programme at the next game because they're going quickly. Thank you for listening and stay safe.
I feel like my dad's done quite a good um, David replacement, to be honest. I actually <laughs> worry about Alan and David being on at the same time like, ever. <laughs> sharing sharing stories about staring out on the Clyde of like on the water and when Alan comes back on we'll need to do a home game so I don't need to say oh what are you going to be up to in our broth or Inverness on Saturday then 